Welcome to a new episode of the Retail Podcast by View.ai. In these episodes, we speak to global change makers in retail and those that are moving the needle and pushing for change and creating impact. Today's conversation revolves around sustainability. There's been a massive push, especially in fashion, to create sustainable, planet-friendly products that can outperform their fast fashion counterparts. This has obviously happened because of how wasteful the industry has been as a whole over the last two decades. In a sense, sustainability as a concept today is on its way to becoming completely mainstream. It now forms um, the very core of many business models around the world. One such retail business is Vestiaire Collective. Vestiaire Collective needs no introduction whatsoever. Based in the UK, they're one of the largest resale marketplaces and with over 9 million members across 90 countries. In fact, they just closed a large round of funding in the middle of a pandemic. So all seems to be well on that front. I'm very excited to be in conversation with Dunia Woon, the Chief Sustainability Officer of Vestiaire Collective, and talk to her about the brand's vision, why sustainability is a non-negotiable, and how they're changing shopper mindsets to thrift first. Welcome, Dunia. It's so great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. I'm really happy to, to be here, and I'm really uh, enjoying talking about this topic that is uh, really important for me for now a long time. Absolutely. You know, um, so Dunia, I kind of wanted to start about um, start talking about sustainability in terms of just how people are looking at it, right? Like in a new um, circular fashion report by PwC and other fashion research firms, we've read that the circular fashion economy is set to become almost a $5 trillion industry in the coming years. And because Vestia Collective is completely built on pre-loved circular fashion, tell us about the company's vision for sustainability and your approach to it. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it's really exciting to, to hear about those numbers uh, each time we read uh, about uh, um, in new studies. Uh, but uh, just to, to give you uh, uh, some other uh, uh, insights, um, wearing and selling more um, is extending the life of clothes by, uh, by just nine extra months, reduce their carbon, white water and waste, sorry footprints by uh, up to 30%. So um, you can see that uh, obviously there is a uh, different opportunities here, uh, opportunities for uh, linear business to be more resilient and, uh, and embrace uh, circular fashion and circular businesses, but also uh, for our planet, which is uh, one of the, of the biggest uh, issues we have uh, nowadays and how we can reduce our carbon footprint uh, overall and how can we still be uh, sexy uh, uh, and, and attractive uh, industry uh, by doing something good. And actually uh, we did a, uh, also a life cycle assessment of our own uh, company um, and to understand our service uh, at Vestiaire. And for instance, so we, we had different uh, things. So what, what is our impact? Because obviously we are doing uh, good and we want to have a, a, a sustainable uh, business model and we have a sustainable business model, but still we create impact. But at the same time, we wanted to highlight the benefits of the second hand. And uh, for instance, if I give you just one example, I'll say that uh, buying secondhand bag over a new one reduces environmental footprint by 91% on vestiaire service um, based on, on our logistics and the way our platform works. Uh, so you can see that uh, driving more circular uh, economy in fashion 
is really uh, part of the solution in the biggest issues that we are facing today. I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head because you're talking about you know so many different benefits of the circular model itself, and you can see that sustainability isn't just a buzzword today. You know, it's a non-negotiable. It's something that every brand has to focus on because we're in that place, um, you know, in the world where we can't afford to take that lightly anymore. And I know that you know if brands don't really strive to optimize their model for circularity, there's no way they can stay relevant. Um, and I think, you know, I've been reading just different things. Uh, obviously, we've seen so much about Bestia Collective, but even other brands, you know, like Farfetch just committed to retailing 100% sustainable products as its 2030 mission. And then Burberry is using technology to go more circular. So um, we'd love to understand what you're doing at Bestia Collective in terms of just interesting uh, initiatives around sustainability. So I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, of course, um, we um, we do have impacts, I just told you, and we are um, trying to, to go further. So we are working on four strategic pillars, so supporting our teammates in uh, Investair, and this is our corporate uh, engagement um, and, um, and commitment. We, uh, commitment will say um, it's better but uh, in, on different levels so on a sustainability uh, level how we tackle those issues together how we can uh, also have more uh, eco-friendly uh, behavior and uh, way of thinking strategic business uh, decision but at the same time also on the social aspect because I really want to to highlight the fact that it's not just the environmental issues it's also the social issues we are facing and for our teammate for instance is we have uh, when I arrived in uh, at Vestia a few months ago now uh, we create a huge task force because in Vestiaire, you can see that people are really committed and we like to talk about our consumers as fashion activists, but our first fashion activists are our employees. So they can uh, think for uh, uh, for the future of the company. They have the right to, to, to talk about different diversity and inclusion topic. Um, that's, that's the task force. It's that we are giving them the force to change the, the, the future of the company, but also we give for instance, and it's just a, an example of different commitments we did in the last months, but now we give that we are giving them uh, two days to spend uh, on their working hours to spend with an association to be real activists also on the field. Um, uh, empowering, uh, for instance, uh, social association or environmental ones. Uh, we are also uh, reducing our carbon footprint and this is a huge part of uh, the strategy I put in place. Uh, it's also uh, really understand the, our carbon footprint, that's what we did with the life cycle assessment, but also how we tackle the challenge and how we can reduce it at this very minimum. So we are uh, um, hoping at some point to be carbon neutral and maybe beyond carbon uh, positive. Uh, and really exist and make a positive impact on the planet. I know it's uh, sometimes it's just wordings. Of, I, I really truly believe that uh, we can uh, change the thing. And by saying that, uh, I, and I think the old pillar are, are really linked. Um, empowering our community, for instance, so our cons consumer, our fashion activists that already made the choice to consume um, in a different way. Uh, but changing the way people consume, it's also not just 
give them the opportunity, but to educate them for instance, uh, to go beyond just selling and buying on our platform, but maybe have uh, care guides and know how to um, take care of their wardrobes, uh, give them educational content, um, and, and also really highlight the benefits of the second hand. Uh, so this is our for our consumer. And obviously, as we are a platform, we also really want to improve um, and give them the tools and the features on our platform to have the more sustainable behavior. So we are on a journey with the consumer, but we want to take the journey with them and be totally transparent in the next few months. We're really, really, really hoping to, to have a, um, uh, a dedicated page, for instance, for the consumer to understand what we are doing behind the scene. And, uh, and if you see, uh, and my last uh, pillar will be to trigger the systemic change. And this is how we, as a company, take our responsibilities and also uh, give our expertise on the field. And I, I told you about the linear economy uh, business, um, but um, also we want to trigger this change by being around the table with the decision maker, for instance. So we are working with the EMF, with the UN Fashion Alliance, with the government, government here in France also, um, to talk about uh, and and make um, and and yeah and push them to take those decisions and to think with us uh, and giving our expertise for instance for other brands uh, who can uh, be uh, the change and need also and we saw it uh, uh, during the pandemic the the crisis we are uh, facing uh, today that they really need to be resilient this is the future we cannot um, stay uh, longer on this uh, model we need to change the model and we with our 11 years of experience on the field of secondhand so circular economy we want to uh, help them to be more circular so it's now uh, how we uh, we're going to work with different brands uh, to push them to include the second-hand part and not just look at the eco, uh, the eco conception of the items, then the retail, and then nothing. So yeah, we are here and we are part of the solution. Enfin, we truly believe we are part of the solution. Sharing, I think it's the key here to, to trigger the systemic change in the industry. I love so many things that you said there, right? It might have been a long answer but i really like i love the fact that you know there's so many things right it's not just one thing i love those things that you said because for me i think the first point that really stood out is that you really don't want to highlight just you know the eco-friendly and the planet-friendly aspect i love that that's that social activism angle to it i really like that and i i really like that line which you said about how you know, our consumers are not just our social activists the first people are our employees itself and i really think that when a brand truly believes it from their core and every single employee at the office really believes that uh, those values, you can actually make a larger change. Because when your own people in your office um, or in the company don't really believe the brand values, it's very hard to do that. And at some point, it will be just marketing tool. So 
if you want to, to do the change, you do the change with the people who are making the platform. And, and, and I, I spent 10 years in politics before coming in the private sector. So I used to work with activists, like real activism, activists. Um, and, and now that I'm investor, the first thing that was really coming to my, to my eyes was those people are truly believe that they are here because they want to change the way people consume fashion. And it's something at Vestiaire, I was like witness the fact that everyone was activist and how can we make them uh, be more vocal? Because I, at the same time, and, and more and more now we are talking a bit more of diversity and inclusion, for instance, into the brands. And this is a, a good thing, but like how uh, do you use this diversity of profiles and way of thinking? And, and so the, all those diversities, you need to create a strength. And this is our strength at Vestia. So people are, can be vocal, can be activists, can uh, enjoy other things so they can be better and propose different things to the consumer. And otherwise it's just marketing tool. Absolutely. I agree because I really think I love that. I love the concept of, you know, having social activists within your brand because you're not just looking at it as like a business exchange. You're looking at it as something larger, uh, yeah. something you really want to change from the bottoms up, right? Like to assess systemic change, I think, um, is something that's really important. And I think the other really interesting thing for me about what you said earlier was um, you talked about certain things that can trigger the systemic change, but also having, you know, partnerships that uh, understand that. So whether it's what you were doing with EMF or UN. Um, and I think that's something I want to touch upon, right? For sustainability, I think I love that whole movement of the fact that it encourages collaboration over competition, right? Because sustainability is not just for brands to bump against each other. It's actually a larger goal that the planet needs to have. So I love this kind of collaboration um, over competition. And I think, you know, I've been reading about the fact that, um, you know, you've been doing lots of things, whether it's secondhand September or whatever you've done with Bifar and Zalora yeah. and the one you did with Joyce in 2019. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about those and understand, um, you know, how I think you try to uh, promote the concept of sustainability yeah. with all of these partnerships. Yeah, and the purpose here with our different uh, type of brand partnership we, we are doing or brand or charities we are doing is really to, so um, I won't say it's, so it was those, the first times we are looking uh, the, for the better way to, to put those brands or the, those ONG, uh, NGO, we say in English, it's the other, the opposite in French, but um, the, the, the purpose of those uh, brand partnerships, it, it's also to, hi to highlight um, those who are already doing well as well. So for instance, and I would say also for charities, to really see what it's behind being a sustainable uh, company, a, a corporate, uh, do we say a benefit corporation? Yeah, a benefit corporation. Uh, it's also not just looking at your business, but more widely where you are and where as human being, because at the end, that's what we are behind those screens, what we can, what we want to change. So with those consumers, so these big audience of millions of people coming on our, our platform, how can we uh, encourage them and, and um, to, to, to do the good? So that's a part we really want to, to be now uh, more and more um, 
uh, I'll say aggressive, it's not the good word, but more and more strong and make those partnerships, for instance, for the charities one uh, at that point. And with the brand partnerships, it's can sometimes it can be educational because uh, we uh, that's what we did with the steamery, for instance. So it was uh, educational content about how to, to take care of your wardrobe and how you can extend yourself the life of your items because the purpose of Vestia is not just to buy and sell. It's also to buy better and buy less. And this is something we truly believe. So if you're extending the life of your item, you can wear it more, but also you, you would be able to sell it and not at the end put it in the landfill. So those partnerships are really, uh, yeah, we think of the partnership as something that will be better for the planet and better for the social uh, issues, but for our consumers and for us, obviously, because the ecosystem is larger and larger and it's a, a topic where you really need to share, uh, not just think into your office by yourself, because um, it's really about sharing, actually. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I completely agree with you there. And I think you touched upon a very important part, which is consumers, right? At the end of the day, they're the people that shop on your website. So they're the ones that also kind of relate and resonate with the values. They're coming there because there's something that you're providing them that's, you know, not available to them, maybe with mainstream brands um, or other brands that don't have the sustainability component. And I wanted to touch upon um, these type of shoppers a little more, right? Let's talk about just today's shoppers, which is kind of the Gen Z and millennial buckets. We're always reading about how um, they want transparency. They're drawn to brands that resonate with um, these type of planet-friendly, social-friendly, eco-friendly values. And they're very aware. I think they're very aware as customers. So how's um, Bestia thinking of the new generation of shop shoppers from a sustainability standpoint? And what kind of patterns are you seeing? Are you seeing people you know, coming and asking you uh, for more initiatives around sustainability? Are you seeing like a large traffic of um, you know younger shoppers kind of coming to yeah 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 and and it's very exciting because you you yeah it's giving you hope for the future actually because we were not this this generation um and i think generation before was lots about consuming and more and more and more and more so we we educate ourselves or certain kind of people and and now we are, our eyes are wide open and the, and the future generation, that's what is really exciting is there now, it's just normal for them. And this is the, the difference uh, between them and, and us or before us, I would say, uh, we're not that, that old. But yeah, Gen Z uh, and millennials are disrupting the market for the, uh, two years already, I'll say, and they are uh, placing uh, placing yeah, a greater importance in the social and environmental impact and their purchases than you can see uh, with the previous generation. So um, Vestia, Collective, we've, uh, Vestia Collective did a survey with BCG uh, from last year, so 2099, uh, 19, sorry, uh, and they revealed that over 70% are trying to shop ethically, which is huge, uh, with 13% saying that sustainability is extremely important to them. Uh, or those uh, that shop ethically, 57% uh, of them say that environmental uh, impact is their primary concern. So it's just 
um, and we and we would say if brands doesn't are not aware of that, they will miss uh, they they will miss something at some point. So now we don't have uh, we don't have the choice. Uh, People who did, didn't understand that before, now we have more and more data. And I, I told you about uh, our survey, but there is lots of survey on, on the fact that now they are looking who are doing the clothes, um, uh, how you empower diversity and inclusion into your brands, especially when you're uh, a fashion brand. I think it's really our responsibility to see th this particular topic also, because we, Fashion is also about identity and it has been a long time in history um, and it's part of your social background, your identity and everything. So it's a, it's a way to express yourself. And I like to think also that it's now beginning to be like, um, how do you say in English? When you go to vote and it's your vote card, how do we say that? It's your vote card. So now you have the possibility uh, and thanks to the social media and all the information we can have, sometimes it's not, it's, it's, sometimes we can find not good things on it, but sometimes it can help you to take the decision. Now you are able to ask the brands um, and give you uh, the answer whenever you, you, you can ask questions. And we, we, we saw that uh, today a lot uh, more and more, and it's pretty interesting for us. But yeah, on our platform, we can see uh, already that uh, people are really demanding uh, and they want to know and this is pretty good yeah absolutely I think it comes back to that whole you know the fact that they're already so aware and then they come with an expectation means that the brand also has to cater to that expectation and I think two things that you said um, over there were really interesting for me about Gen Z and Millennials itself right one is um, of course the the stats that you told me from the report which is that 57% uh, prioritize environmental impact, which is amazing. And I think we've not seen a stuff like that in a while. So that's really great. And I think the other part, which is very interesting is the diversity and inclusion bit itself, right? Um, I want to understand, um, you know, obviously, especially in this year with all the things that have happened globally, um, there's been so much around body types, around, you know, um, you know, just different races, diversity, this, so much like talk about inclusion, how about everyone deserves a chance, um, you know, to grow, to be part of these uh, narratives and stories, stop showing the same models over and over again, show different body types, show different skin tones. I really love that. And I want to understand, you know, how do you try to make sure that inclusion is a part of anything you do, whether it's, you know, the campaigns that you run or the models that you shoot or whatever it is. I'd love to understand how you're including, um, you know. So, yeah, let's be, I, I want to be really transparent on that particular topic because it's it's a journey. But you have to have the, the good uh, ingredients to, to, to do better. And for us, it's having first diversity of profile into our teammates. So we are able to challenge ourselves and make the right decision. So for instance, on the precise topic, um, we felt that obviously we are a platform and the supply on our platform depends on the consumers. So um, if, if I don't have any plus size, uh, it's because nobody deposits plus size items on the platform. But how can we challenge that? And how can we improve? So 
and and Aja Barber, one of the of the activists uh, that was uh, on in our brand film we just launched, um, told us about that because I know that she she's really looking in the um, into fashion industry. Uh, she she really shares strong on the topic. So I just we shared and during a call, she told me about her experience on the platform. And then we say, okay, so maybe for the sub to, to have this supply, we need to do more and not just uh, do what we do the regular basis to, to have more deposits on certain category of item, for instance, but for the precise topic, we need to go and work with different influencer, for instance, and then their community will be able to to deposit more and maybe create some different mechanics. So you need to, to really think through uh, what you can do. You, can, you cannot just say, and we could say, mm, the supply is not here. So plus size will never be a, a topic for us, but no, how can we make the things happen? And this is how we are working around the supply of plus size, for instance, and how we make, for instance, our own features on the on the platform really perform, uh, performance and for instance we have in the taxonomy of our of our platform we can improve on the precise for instance because the size are really different when you see globally the the size are not the same in italy in france in us what is the plus size here and there so that's a huge topic but you have we gather around this one and now it's a, a huge topic for 2021 for, uh, for us I would say also uh, all the the, the 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 yeah the image we are showing to our consumer and yes uh, now um, we are working uh, uh, we are really working with the influencer uh, models and everything we are showing to our consumer that it's truly representative of the millions of people who are on the platform because obviously if we have millions of members they don't look all the same and we want to be as diverse as our community. Um, so everyone can, can identify to somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, a huge challenge, but I, I truly believe that every in every team, there is no people challenging this. Uh, everyone is really willing to go further. So we have lots of lots of creative ideas and we just put it in place. In a, but we are, I, I truly believe that uh, uh, we are improving year by year. And for instance, the task force inside Vestia uh, is really pushing us too. So yeah, just have challenge teammates, uh, challenging teammates that will say, mm, you can do better and we'll do better for it. For instance, I think what I keep hearing, you know, um, throughout the interview, it's so interesting that uh, everything that you're trying to focus on comes from inside. First, it's the task force and the team. If you don't have diversity and inclusion within the company, it's very hard to reflect that in the way you put out your brand as well, right? That's so um, true. And I think what I really resonated with is. You can never get something perfect, but it's, I think, up to the teams inside to be like, no, how can we do this better? And you just don't take no for an answer. So like you had said, I really thought that was interesting um, that you said, so what if we don't get plus size deposits from our consumers? We have to do what it takes to so create content to engage them, bring them in, and then make them understand why this is valuable for them to put plus size clothes on the platform. Yeah, and ask ourselves why this community is not 
already on our platform. But we can, we, and, and actually when we, we go to the numbers, we could see that the huge increase of the plus size uh, sold on our platform. That yes, sometimes you, in, I would say inside, but also to be aware of the consumer. We love to have the consumer feedbacks and the consumer feedbacks are really taking uh, into account uh, at best year. So uh, sometimes there are people uh, asking the CEO on LinkedIn or sharing their consumer experience with the CEO and he's always sharing with us at, as core member. Um, we have a different survey that we are running to understand if we are doing good, if the people understand where we want it to go. You must be always uh, in the mindset that you can do more. Uh, if you say, oh, now we are tackling these issues, that's not an issue. No, we are trying. We, we Let's see if it's working and what then can be improved. So there is always version two or version three of, uh, of features, for instance, to see if it's working or not for the, our consumers. Yeah, I think evolution every year, possibly also being influenced by what's going on in the world, I think is very important because, you know, everything that happened even with like Black Lives Matter or even political movements, they really influence the way brands operate today. You know, I absolutely hear you there. I think this kind of also brings us to the last question. And I think this is a very important one. Um, do you believe that circular retail is slowly becoming a main form of retail, right? How do you think this segment will grow over the next five years? Um, I know that obviously Vestia is really shaping this narrative, especially in the UK as an early adopter. But um, And we'd also read somewhere that your CEO um, had said that the mission is to encourage more people to be sustainable and you're going to go with an app-first approach, a data-centric strategy, uh, and a very strong focus on community. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. You know, what are you looking at? Yeah, and more recently in the McKinsey interview, uh, Maximilian Bittner, our CEO, um, uh, said that we can rapidly reach 50-50% uh, of the market uh, between first-hand and second-hand. And like in other industry, such as auto automobile, for instance, uh, policymakers are looking at this closely to see if they can help grow the resale market through tax incentive, for instance, uh, like they have done in the automobile industry. So, yeah, um, we, we, we truly believe that we will need, uh, the, the market share will grow, uh, but at the same time, this will be uh, by us uh, using our power and our disruptive thing, way of thinking into the, the ecosystem of the fashion industry to trigger. We, you need to trigger all the changes at different levels. So with the consumer to ask them to ask for more, um, with the, the brands we are partner with, with the decision maker, this will, will help us to, to, to grow this uh, market, uh, market share. And at the same time, I would say that uh, the industry transition from linear model uh, toward a circular economy, it's a big challenge for the industry, but one that needs to be achieved in order to remain within planetary boundaries. So um, I would say that, yeah, um, we take like a responsibility, we take as a responsibility to help the other brands to be more circular because we are already circular so we know what we are talking about and uh, we still have some of, of course major uh, steps to take before declaring that secondhand became uh, mainstream but uh, 
But now I think, and we say that for the future generation, that it's uh, really something that we can hope um, and we can truly believe and it's our driver at Vestiaire. And um, if I would say uh, I um, maybe about the community, we want also uh, people to feel that they are joining a community of fashion activists, that by using Vestiaire, they are doing the right choice or by using secondhand platform, I won't say because it's not marketing on Vestiaire, but by using secondhand, they are already choosing, choosing to change the way people consume fashion. And imagine uh, um, they are already moving away from a classic consumption and then challenging our own sense of proper propriety, uh, property um, of items uh, towards an economy of commons. And, um, and I, I like to say that at some point, and I think when you're tackling this, uh, changing the way people consume fashion, you're already starting to really uh, change the whole industry. Um, and yeah, the last thing I wanted to say, it was uh, that we need to give more and more information to the consumer so they can decide better. Um, yeah, uh, I'll say that, uh, of course, they are, joining this they are joining this community of fashion activists. It's, give them, it's how we give them power to change. I love that. I love that power to change line. And I think, you know, there are many pieces to this puzzle. Um, it's obviously not something that can just happen overnight because it also requires a lot of education um, and, you know, really convincing customers that when they're joining a community, it's not just to buy and sell, but it is about social activism, about the fact that, you know, uh, the planet needs this right now. I think we had a fantastic conversation, Dunia. I feel like we covered so many topics and especially learned so much about Vestia because, you know, it's great to hear from someone at the company firsthand about all the initiatives and obviously sustainability is your main focus. That's what your model is built on. So I really love that we learned so much about it. And thank you for sharing, you know, all these. We're so happy we had you. And, um, you know, thank you so much. We're, we're, we're really happy that you joined the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was really your pleasure. So for more um, information on retail and everything else, please do tune in to the View.ai podcast. And until then, wait for our next episode. Thank you and bye-bye. <laughs>